0: Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey? Brave the Wild is available on the stuff.com iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. What a wonderful pleasure to be back on board once again today to talk about Minnesota Wild hockey. As ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, I got to thank ever for this club, the Minnesota Wild, I have completed an empire sweep. <music> an Empire Sweep, you might ask. Well, Minnesota Wild won all their games in the New York area. Is, is that okay to say? Yeah, well, they did. Uh, beat the Islanders, beat the uh, New York, the, the New Jersey Devils on the road, which almost never happens, and the New York Rangers on the road. Not bad, hey? Not bad and not bad. Great East Coast trip. 3-0, uh, three-game road trip here. We come home to host the San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues, and then we move on after that to Arizona and Colorado. And into the mountain time zone, Arizona and Colorado, ninth part of the country. I got I, I to gotta admit, this is a interesting schedule coming up. But we'll talk about that in segment number two. As per usual, we'll also get into the prospects a bit. Uh, unfortunately disappointing outcome for the United States hockey team in the Olympics. Jordan Greenway was the uh, Minnesota Wild prospect on USA, and of course Kirill Kaprizov on Russia had that hat trick and such. Uh, we thought we had a hat trick last night against the Rangers, but apparently not. Uh, Eric Stahl stole it away with the uh, deflection at the last second there. Kind of a mix-up there, but uh, Granlin's still getting a four-point game. Eric Stahl, four-point game. Nice, uh, Nice road trip in the New York area. Good job, guys. So, 17th of February, we'll start with a little negative here. A little negativity. Matinee game. I thought it was going to be a split here between uh, the, uh, the Islanders and the Anaheim Ducks. I thought the Wild would beat the Ducks, lose to the Islanders. But okay, whatever. As long as we win and we did get a point. I predicted the score perfectly. I predicted it would go to the shootout. 2-2 uh, two two game going into the shootout. And yeah, but Minnesota winning in the shootout. Unfortunately, Anaheim did. But the Wild score 7 out of 8 possible points. this group of teams. but So not too bad, to be quite honest. Uh, Wild lackadaisical early on. Luckily, we're able to tie it up after Corey Prairie scored extremely early in the game. 50 seconds in the game, you're just sitting there like, huh? What just happened? But then Cueva was able to uh, force a turnover and score his ninth goal of the season. Jason Zucker continuing his goal streak, his explosiveness. It's been a wonderful month of February for Jason Zucker. Kind of off and on month here. Nate Prosser's fifth assist, And then Andre Case, Andre Case, (laughs) able to tie it up again. Early in the third period, Minnesota would get chances. The Anaheim Ducks would get chances. You had the longest shootout in history. It's very, very frustrating for the Wild. You were worried a bit when you saw Ryan Getzloff score, and of course, Koivu miss. You had to, (laughs) boy, that was frustrating. Chris Stewart also couldn't score. Thank God, Rickard Raquel didn't wrap it up, but then Parisi saved the day. Whew, with a pretty nice move there. Parisi's been pretty good in the shootouts. Then you had a back and forth situation. writer scores. You think, okay, we got this. And then it can't stop Case. Case, the guy who tied the game up. And it's not Case Keenum. It's Andrade Case. And then, of course, you had miss save, miss save, miss save, miss save, miss save, time and time again. Between Eric Stahl, uh, Granlin, Coyle, Cullen, oh my god, Spurgeon, Matt Dumba. Next thing you know, it would be Bruce Boudreau and Randy Carlisle out there, if it got any longer, or maybe before that, you'd see Alex Daylock and Devin Dubnik, <laughs> who pads and everything goalie stick out there in the shootout against the other goaltender. Um, it may have come to that if this kept going, but it was uh, quite the spectacle. A 12-round uh, shootout, but Anaheim freaking wins. So, yeah, that sucks. <sighs> Mad Dumba couldn't finish. I thought, here it is. Darkwing Dumba. He's going to save the day. He's going to score, and then Deborah Dubnik will stop the next guy. No, I went the opposite. Darkwing Dumba did not save the day. Nick Ritchie ended up finishing things off, and that was heartbreaking and frustrating. At least we got a point, but oh, you just want to come out with a win. It was so big back and forth. And then the same night, the same bleeping night, Golden Gopher Hockey did the same thing. Uh, you yeah, have well, the nice win over Ohio State the night before. Two to one victory. Ooh, just putting the clams down. And Robson's been unbelievable in net for the Govers. Who's Eric Shearhorn? Like, you never hear about him anymore. Robson's in net back-to-back nights. He's basically been the top goalie now, which is pretty cool. And, oh, man, the Govers able to tie it up after trailing one nothing forever and all that. And then, unfortunately, another massive, massive shootout the Gophers can't finish. Oh, heartbreaking. And Ohio State won that one, and of course last night, okay, the whole talk was the Gober's just needed one more bleep and win, and they get home ice in the first round of the uh, Big Ten playoffs, and they lose 5-1 to one to Penn State on the road last night, so now, boy, it all hinges on tonight's game for the Goths. I know not everybody listening is a Gober fan, if if the Maddles are listening, Jim and Sarah Maddle, they're Duluth, uh, Bl- uh, Duluth Bulldog <laughs> fans. I have no problem with the Bulldogs right now. I love Nick Sweeney and even Avery Peterson. A couple goals last night. How about that? We'll talk about that in the next segment. Nick Sweeney. Oh, Lakeville, Minnesota product, just like our great friend, Neil. Nate Dog thysing God rest his soul. I'm going to mention him at least once in every single show forever. Yep, so, and and you can see that. You can see his name, of course, still in the uh, iTunes feed. It's not going away. It's going to stay there forever. So I'll always mention Neil Nate Doug these on every episode, and I'll have clips here and there as well. I, I got to put things together here and there. Sometimes I just, I mean, I've been working so much overtime lately, I haven't had a lot of time to put a little something together, like I did the last show. It's like you dig in the show, you find little highlights, uh, you, know, pre- you know, shows from back in the day and put it together, either at the end of the show or the middle. Maybe the middle's better instead of the end, but I'll figure it out one time comes around, but a lackluster kind of a game, but still almost ended up winning. Anaheim did outplay the Wild for most of the way, but we still almost escaped with a victory. That would have been huge. Ducks have been playing a little bit better of late, and that's why they're back in the playoff hunt, so good on them, and doggone it. Uh, A lot of their star players getting old, this and that. Uh, Gotta like John Gibson, though. He's a really strong goalie for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or Ducks. They don't call them Mighty Ducks anymore. So now you move on to President's Day. George Washington, John Adams, and of course Thomas Jefferson. We go on and on and on forever. Lots of uh, great history on President's Day. It used to be Washington's birthday. Now we just call it President's Day. So it is what it is. We can say Washington's birthday too. So yes, happy birthday, George Washington, a great president, obviously, way way back in the day. So New York Islanders. We head to the the Isle, not the Emerald Isle, just the Isle, Long Island. Okay, it used to be. Now it's Brooklyn. I wish it was Long Island, and it is Barclays Center. They do share it with the, the Nets. Brooklyn, why Brooklyn, man? Come on, get back to the aisle. That's so much so much history. Cullen and Ennis, what the hell? Cullen and Ennis. <laughs> Cullen and Ennis. We'll take it. Uh, fourth line had a good week this week. Uh, Ennis wasn't even on the fourth line most of the time, but he was at times during this week. Um, Cullen and Ennis putting things together, multiple points for Cullen, a goal, and an assist for him. Tyler Ennis also a goal and an assist. Strong overall week, and Jule Ericssonak. Jule, it's now Jule. He's a jewel of a player. Ericssonak ends his fifty-game drought scoring. And yes, as you hear from Pavel Burnett and others, his defense is, he, he is number one on the team defensively. He is the best defensive forward on the entire Minnesota Wild. He's better than Miku Koivu defensively. He's that good. So that's why he's still in the NHL at this moment, not down in the AHL. Plus, in the AHL, he was he was scoring a point a game. It was just a matter of just take that, just cross that damn threshold. Stop screwing around. So then Eric Eriksonek, <laughs> Ends up having goals in back-to-back games, New York Islanders, and, of course, against the New Jersey Devils. So, hey, that's pretty cool, eh? <sighs> I like it. like it very much. Uh, Yul and eck able to tip it in from Coyle there. Ennis, of course, getting the assist along the way. That was awesome to see Yul and eck finally get rewarded. Islanders end up taking a 2-1 to lead. Anders Lee ended up getting his 30th goal. Of course, Minnesota ties there. Minnesota ties all over the Islanders. Yeah, uh... Uh, let's talk about some of those other guys some other time. Of course, I talk about him too much. <laughs> the Nick Letty, uh, the whole Nick letty Jared Spurgeon connection, you could say. Uh, Nick Letty wound up there from the Blackhawks, of course, as we traded him away, and then we get Spurgeon in free agency from the Islanders. So I feel a little better about that whole situation. But a fun game. Uh, Matt Cullen off a beauty, a beautiful pass from Ryan Studer. Showing that speed from uh, beautiful, accurate pass from Studer. None of that two-line pass stuff that you get a, a penalty. It didn't end up that way, which is nice. Uh, Matt Collin putting a nice move, showing he can still play this game at age 41. Sixth goal of the season, but of course he's been a bigger factor than just the, st- the stat sheet and all that. He's been better on the power pl- uh, penalty kill, pardon me, and playing strong. Uh, Zucker with multiple goals along the way. 24th goal of the season against... The New York Islanders. Tyler Ennis's eighth goal. Tanner Fritz. I thought he'd scored before, but I guess it was his first NHL goal. Zucker ended up getting his 25th goal late, putting the wild up by tie two. Oh, it felt so good to take that lead. Hmm. And it was not an empty netter. Eric Stahl's 27th assist on the season. Overall, fun game to watch. I don't even know why I'm just looking at that. It's more of I'm just keeping you updated on who did what in the game, but a uh, the energy level from the Wild after going down 2-1, to one, it just changed so dramatically in that third period. It was so much fun. Unfortunately, the Islanders book- bookend a couple goals. It was a very action-packed second period, <clears throat> and then the Wild keep the clams down after uh, hanging on, clinging to a 4-3 to three lead, end up winning the game. That was an overall fun, fun afternoon. This was a matinee game. So it started at noon here and 1 o'clock there. <sighs> Metropolitan Division, that's uh, just been an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable couple games here. This was definitely a statement game for the Wild in terms of, well, you know, we're not going away. We're stronger than we were earlier in the season, all that. I mean, you don't want to say this is a statement game. We're for real. We're contenders because the Wild have teased us so many times, haven't they? And Judge Zelgad will remind you about that on the 1500, AM 1500. He talks about that a lot. And, of course, the Hockey Adventure Podcast, which I highly recommend. Um, <laughs> him and uh, yeah uh, Just Hmm. Just it was just a very very strong positive day. It it really was. I was so concerned coming in and when the Islanders went up 2 to 1, I thought, well, it was nice for a little while but to watch the Islanders pull away, it's going to be 5 to 3 New York, which I predicted, and it's 5 to 3 Minnesota. So I've been pre- predicting the scores correctly, but the the winners backwards between Anaheim Minnesota, and then New York and Minnesota, New York Islanders. Uh, fun. <laughs> fun for the Wild to come out victors. So, sucks to lose to Anaheim, but it's great to win on the road against the Islanders as the Wild have struggled on the road mightily. And we've had weird, wacky games against the Islanders over the years. This one was kind of like that, but not so bad. Nice, strong overall offensive outcome. And of course, New York's defense, New York's goaltending, tending, not the best in the league. And the Wild took advantage of it a team that has been better defensively forever. And their goaltending, well, this time you had Eddie Lack. You didn't have to place Corey Schneider. He's been out. The Wild took advantage of it. Now, of course, it was Monday, the 19th of January, when the Wild played the Islanders. 19th of February, pardon me, 22nd of February, Thursday. Minnesota Wild started back-to-back here with the New Jersey Devils and the New, uh, New York Rangers. This one goes to Alex Stalock. So, yep. Yeah, I had a feeling it might be Doomnik against the Islanders and Stallock against the Rangers, but regardless, the, the the New Jersey Devils, it's not like they had a bad game here. I mean, they outshot the wild hardcore at this game. 38 shots. Huge game for Alex Stalok and net. The Devils actually went up two to two to zero in this game, and Taylor Hall continued his point streak 19 games in a row with a point. And then you see this number four guy on defense. No number 23. Huh, Gustav Olofsson and Nick Steeler moves up, of course. That's been exciting the past couple games here. Nick Steeler moves up to the second pairing with uh, Jared Spurgeon. Of course, Dumba and Suter have been the top pairing right now. Of course, what's his... uh, (laughs) Boudreaux's been shuffling the defensive pairings. He's been moving guys up, and it's been a good good idea, quite frankly, moving guys around and rather than just have the same group stuck together forever. Sometimes it's not right. Sometimes you get better production when you move guys around a bit, and Bruce Boudreau definitely not afraid to do that. Rally and Prosser forming a pretty good bottom pairing there, and you see Nick Sealer on the second pairing with, <clears throat> with uh, Jared Spurgeon. It's been very, 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 very positive. Uh, Nick year's bringing the energy. He's bringing the solid defense, the poke checks. He's poking the puck away. Guys aren't able to do a whole lot around Nick Steeler, uh, and that's a really, really damn good thing. I've been extremely impressed with what Nick Steeler has been able to do. Uh, Daniel Winnick's value continuing to show. A beauty of a pass to Eul Eriksenak who was able to finish. I mean, Daniel Winnick continues to make nice passes, make nice plays. He made a huge play with which led to Chris Stewart's goal. Nick Steeler ultimately moving the puck forward. Uh, Daniel Winnick causing a collision where it could have been a neutral zone turnover. Uh, but again, the collision, the strength by Daniel Winnick kept the puck going forward, and Chris Stewart ended up going on the breakaway and putting a wonderful move on Eddie Lack, his ninth goal of the season. Chris Stewart back for the first time in quite a while, and there's his ninth goal of the season, and Nick Steeler's first NHL point. How about that? Eric Stoll and end an empty netter with about a minute and a half remaining. Very exciting, though, to see uh, Chris Stewart score that one, put the Wild up for the first time as the Wild would score. In a very very short period of time, there are three goals in about six minutes, about five and a half minutes actually. Uh, Granlin, who'd been quiet of late, adding a adding his first assist in a little little while, little while. Like it was his first point in about a week. And does he steal it? Does he steal the whole thing away from uh, Jason Zucker the Mike Modano Award? I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that after the next game review. But an overall super positive night. I kind of miss seeing the devils with the green, you know, the green shade on top. I kind of understand you want red and black, of course, for devils. But green would be kind of cool. I miss that. And then you see the two colors together, the wild and the devils. But uh, you think of the green on the the New Jersey devils. It was going back to the old days in the early 90s when they last wore those. (laughs) It's been quite a while. Um, but Eul Eriksenak again, third goal of the season, second goal in as many nights, how about that? That's a nice way to end a drought is to start a little goal scoring streak that, well, it got snapped right away, but maybe he'll maybe he'll have a nice stretch of games here where he gets five goals in eight games or five goals in ten games. That wouldn't be bad. Uh, Eric Stahl continuing to pile up the goals, though, again, on the empty netter, Charlie Coyle luckily able to get an assist out of that, too, with the hard work and moving the puck forward. Good job by the Wild. Huge, huge, huge road win in New Jersey. This was a quite, quite the positive, positive outcome that a lot of us didn't really expect going into this one. Alex Dalek again, though. Alex Dalek again, when put in a situation, he faced 40 shots and made 38 saves in the game. The New Jersey Devils have been playing very well for the most part. They struggled for the past couple games, of course, and with Corey Schneider out, it doesn't help. Eddie Lack isn't that good. Uh, He didn't start out too good with the Calgary Flames this year, and he's resurfaced with the New Jersey Devils of late. But, uh, wow, nice huge win for the Minnesota Wild on the road there as we try to continue things forward into the New York Ranger land in the Madison Square Garden. Very, extremely fun night. It's been a very positive matchup for the Wild, at least this year, because the Wild do complete the New York sweep (laughs) against the New York Rangers this time around. And of course the uh, Empire Sweep in general on the road got to love what took place. A 4-1 to one victory over the New York Rangers in a game where you thought Mikhail Granlin had a hat trick but he didn't. Again, Eric Stahl stole it away. He was able to get a tip in at the last second. I'm sure he didn't mean to because the puck bounces the way it bounces. Just a lucky bounce. Little puck luck, you know. And maybe that's ultimately why it was a goal. because a little too much bouncing around. Uh New York Rangers have Alexander Georgiev in the net. So he obviously faced a, faced a pretty tough uh, <laughs> tough arsenal from the Wild in this one. 37 shots towards the Minnesota Wild. They were he, he stopped only 33 of the 37. But again, nice onslaught by Minnesota throughout this night. They outplayed the New York Rangers time and time again. Devin Dubnik only had to face 23 shots and stopped 22 of them. Overall, huge night for Devin Dubnik, or at least a <laughs> huge night for the Minnesota Wild defense, the blocks and stuff. Ryan Suter getting in the way on a few there, doing a great job. Mikhail Granlin, Eric Stahl, two goals, two assists each. Huge night for those guys playing together as the lines continue to shuffle. You got to see the traditional Koivu, Zucker, and Granlin line most of the past week, but then the lines shuffle again. The defensive pairings remain the same as the night, as the night before. Nick Steeler paired up with Jared Spurgeon, but not on the penalty kill as much. And that's why you see less minutes for Nick Steeler uh, than, say, a Nate Prosser or or such. So uh, Jared Spurgeon ultimately... Again, getting more minutes in this one. Uh, Matt Dumba actually led the Wild with time on ice. Hard to believe when you think about that. Suter and Matt Dumba, but of course, some power play opportunities for Dumba. Uh, Mike Riley did not get his <laughs> did not get his uh, next goal, but he was able to score against the New York Islanders early. I didn't even mention that. His 10th point of the season. Mike Riley, you know, it's just sometimes it's a, he struggles with his skating. Sometimes he can't even stand his feet on occasion. His defensive positioning is a struggle at the NHL level. But he does provide offense, and that's for damn sure. Uh, Ten points on the season for Mike Riley. You're seeing a lot more poise offensively from him. But defensively, he struggled all the way back into his days with the Gopers. I mean, the National Championship game, him and the most of the defensive pairings out there really let uh, Adam Wilcox down in that National Championship game back in 2014. Uh, Mike Riley's defensive struggles certainly continuing in the NHL, and that's why he sees limited action, but the offense is very much there, and it was very much there for the Gophers, of course, many years ago. Well, a few years ago, we'll say. Um, but nice to see him get to double-digit points this season. Mike Riley in very limited action. That's not bad. It's it's interesting to think. He probably, if he got the same amount of time on ice as... Uh, or let's just say the same amount of games as some of these other guys, he'd have 30 plus points already, I bet, the way things are going. But who knows how many defensive gaffs he would have had along the way. We, we might have lost a couple more games if Mike Riley was a regular out there. But I don't know. Maybe he would have adjusted. Maybe he would have learned. Who knows what's going to happen. But Nick Steeler's good, strong play, I think is going to keep him in the National Hockey League for a very, 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 very long, very long time and good for him. Um, of course, again, it's still a log jam. Somebody's going to get traded at some point. So many good defensemen out there uh, <clears throat> down in the system. It's like you don't think about it very much because you think, oh, they're just in the minor leagues, this and that, but they're they're legitimate prospects. They're not superstars, the Susie Sealers and such, uh, Belpedios, even Brennan Mendel might end up being something, uh, undrafted pre-agent from St. Thomas of all places, Brennan Mendel, 20 years old on, on the AHL level. But uh, again, <laughs> these guys are prospects. There is something going on here. That's why you might see a trade of some sort. That's ultimately why Scandella was traded because you wanted to free up time for certain other players. You wanted to see what Gustav Olsson and Mike Riley could do at the left shot, and go from there. I mean, may the best man win. All of that, and then at the end of the day, somebody gets somebody else gets traded, and it frees up space for the next guy uh, because some of those next guys are better than the current ones. So. There is that type of conversation out there. Maybe Nate Prosser will go back into that seventh defenseman role as one of the uh, right-shot defensemen will emerge. <laughs> Luis Belpedio or something like that. That's probably why the Wild let go of uh, Christian Foline. But uh, probably should have kept Prosser in the offseason if you're going to let go of Christian Foline. As much as I liked him, again, the oft-injured and all that. And Dean tends to miss time, too, with freak injuries. And that's quite unfortunate. So, an overall fun night for the wild again grandland oh just right out of the get-go you could just feel it when he scored two goals like that real early you thought here comes the hat trick and then much later though it ended up being the second goal it ended up being eric Stahl's 28th goal but grandland still getting the assist beauty of a pass from zach parisi heading towards the net and then zinging that puck back to grandland and stall apparently they were both kind of there at the same place same time nice group together actually uh stall grandland and parisi interesting interesting combination and then you have Koivu with Niederreiter and Zucker, kind of, huh? Interesting group there. <laughs> um, and then of course Coyle and and, and uh, Erickson Eck, uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then Chris Stewart, and then of course down low, you've got uh, Felino, Winnick, and. Matt Cullen, who've all been playing fairly well together. Winnick is, you know, he, he, again, I always talk about him. He doesn't necessarily score a whole lot of points, but when he does, it's always a really good play. And, of course, his physical defense and timing, just his strength on the puck, defensively poking the puck away, knocking guys off the puck, he is just, his value to this team is, is huge. And, again, I hope the Wild keep Daniel Winnick. I do. As much as you want to free spots for certain players, you got to have role players on your team. Glue guys. you got to have that glue guy that doesn't necessarily get all the glory. And to me, Daniel Wendick is that guy for the Minnesota Wild. At the end of the day, if you're able to trade away a Tyler Ennis or Marcus Tolino, if it's possible, one of the two to free up a spot for Luke Cunningham, so be it. You know, so be it. Or even a Sam us. Uh, of course, Sam Honest at this point would be called up for some type of a if if some type of injury took place, and he wasn't called up earlier in the year when Parisi was out forever. So, yeah, well, he'll I think Sam Honest will get his chance. Justin Clues will get his chance. Maybe Clues will end up replacing uh, Matt Collins at some point because Collins 41. He's he's gonna say one of these days as long as he is. Won the battle against Father Time. (laughs) The war usually is won by Father Time at the end of the day. He's undefeated. So uh, when that that day comes and Matt Collins says, I'm not going to play anymore, I think Justin Clues is your fourth line center for the Minnesota Wild, at least in my humble opinion. And then, of course, maybe or maybe who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Jordan Greenway plays center for Boston University. He had a decent Olympics, but it's kind of hard to say when you don't have a whole lot around you there. It was kind of a mess of... Has beens and wannabes and such on that Olympic team, and it was quite a disappointment to be quite honest. There were some good players, uh, you didn't have any middle stat or anybody like that, which I think would have been a good idea. Just like back in the old days, you had guys like Neil Broughton, you know, you had Ryan Suter's dad on that team, you had <laughs> you had Ramsey, you had Mike Ramsey on that team as well. Those were good players that ended up becoming NHLers, they just weren't NHLers yet. See, uh, on that team, see, Greenway's a good player who probably deserved to be there, but then you had a bunch of mess of Jonathan Blum. I mean, eh, I don't know. Jonathan Blum, come on. So it was basically a couple of uh, AHL players, a couple of college players, and I don't know, kind of is what it is. Not a good Olympics out there, but again, nice overall super positive road trip for the Wild. 4-1 victory. Dubnik, again, didn't even have to face a whole lot, but he stopped when he needed to along the way. Granlin installed, boy, oh boy, what a fun combination that was. They factored in on all four of the goals, and uh, quite awesome, quite awesome performance by those guys. Zucker was able to add a assist on Granlin's supposed hat-trick goal. That ended up not being one. Damn it. <laughs> it ended up being his second goal of the night, but hey, that's fine. Would have been Grandland's third hat-trick, of his career. He had one last year against Vancouver and he had one earlier this year as well. So, there it is. Uh, A three-in-one week for the Minnesota Wild. Mike Madonna Award. Oh my god. (sighs) Do I have to be a dork and give it to three people? I'm gonna do it. Zucker, Granlin, and Stahl. All three of them deserve it. And I'm gonna give it to all three of them. Uh, Goal streak by Zucker. He's had a huge month. He's got 25 goals now. Stahl's got one more to get to 30. And Granland with a near hat trick and a force this night. He's, he gets the weakest one because he's been the least consistent this past week. I could actually almost give it to just Stahl and Zucker, to be quite honest. But Granland will. I'll kind of have him as like an honorable mention for it because of such a huge game against the Rangers, as he was quiet earlier in the week. Stahl, just consistent every single night. Every single night. And that's why so many people in this town get mad when you talk about trading him. But if this team doesn't have a Stanley Cup in their future. A, a true Stanley Cup contention in their future, a Western Conference championship, this and that, and there's a possible drop-off coming. Trading Eric Stahl when he's playing this well to a contender, you're going to get something back. So it's not the stupidest idea in the history of the world. That's all I'm trying to say. Obviously, he's just been a super positive. I wouldn't mind keeping him forever, quite honestly. It wouldn't kill me if we did, but if you could get a pretty nice draft pick in return. I mean, uh, I don't know, a pretty high draft pick in return. It doesn't kill me. It doesn't. Either side doesn't kill me. I, I can hear each side of the argument. Love what Eric Stoll has brought. And of course, this is the closest team to his home, other than maybe the Winnipeg Jets, and that would be horrible if he went there. So let's try not to think about that. James Shepard Memorial, just the general effort and that stupid madness game against the Ducks. Uh, still almost pulled it off, though, so I can't really, truly get mad at anybody. Mike Riley did have a good couple of games. stuff. willison has been solid. Nick Steelers just whew, love what he brings. Uh, both of the goaltenders strong for the most part this past week. I can't really complain about any of them, honestly. Uh, there's always going to be a soft goal here and there. I mean, even the best goalies, they have the puck, and then it somehow drops and slips through their legs at the last second. It just squeezes right through their gloves. I don't know how that happens, but it does, because it's a small object, and it's slippery, and it's moving. And maybe it's at the time was coming at you very fast, and the momentum hadn't completely stopped yet. So, yeah, that kind of is what that is. So, we'll wrap up this segment, come back, and preview four games and look at the prospects. (laughs) Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Let's start previewing some games here. The San Jose Shocks come to Excel Energy Center. Minnesota has been playing well against this team over the years, and this team is playing good again as well. The second or second place in the Pacific Division. Brent Burns now leads the club with 51 points. So much for like almost no goals. He's at 10. I mean, that's not spectacular, but it, it, he's, he's that kind of guy you just hope Dumba can become that someday. I I don't know. It took forever for Burns to be this player. But he's that player now. Uh, You got all kinds of (laughs) scoring machines on this team, or at least former ones. Uh, Logan cotier with 25 goals on the season he leads the club in the goals department brent burns has been leading the team in scoring for the past couple of years but he's a minus 20 so some of that inconsistency returning for brent burns he's certainly the offensive weapon though on that club uh, low shooting percentage because he puts the puck on that so many times but it creates chances for other players that's why he leads the team in assists with 41 setting up those juicy rebounds again minus 20 though ouch Ouch. Uh, Vlasic, the pickle man. He's one of those other defensemen. He's a plus 10. So big, big change there between those two. Pardon me. Uh, Joel Polvoski. 46 points. Hanging in there. Still playing solid. Again, Colter with 25 uh, goals on the season. 47 points just behind uh, Brent Burns there. Thomas Hurdle. Hurdle the Pearl, who's had uh, had some spectacular games in the past. Really more of a uh, flash in the pan at times. Thirty-three points in the season, 15 of them goals. Joe Thornton, the Wiley veteran who's missed time, he's on the injured reserve right now. Unfortunately, 13 goals, 36 total points in the 47 game he's games he's played. Uh, San Jose Sharks, three out of their last five. They beat Vancouver four to one, beat Dallas five to two, beat St. Louis, who's been struggling hardcore, and then got just got slaughtered in Nashville seven to one. Did the Sharks? And in Chicago, in Chicago, a team who is not even close to who they once were, a loss in United Center, 3-1 to one there. Martin Jones, still one of the better goalies, obviously. Still got a long career ahead of him. But it's been an overall... Uh, the last couple of years have not been the best for the San Jose Sharks, the Western Conference champions of 2016. Three shutouts for Martin Jones, and Aaron Dell's a nice, strong, solid backup. I mean, he's 14-5 and five on the season. He's gotten some nice goal support, I suppose, along the way. As this is an extremely inconsistent San Jose team, and that's why they haven't really been as great as they could be. Some of these players, you know, they're just they're either aging or they're underachieving. This and that. Like a lot of people saw Thomas Hurdle as a star potentially, but he he's not. He's he, he's a good solid middle six, we'll say, player, second third line kind of a player. I couldn't see Thomas Hurdle on a top line unless he's just the third guy out of the three, like two stars, and then and then Thomas Hurdle joins the group and then you have uh, bigger scores in the next line to keep the lines balanced, that type of thing. More of a line balance thing, like when you have Tyler Ennis up on the top line at times. Uh, Hurdle's better than Ennis right now, but still, it's kind of about what his role is when Ennis was healthier and he was a better player before all those concussions and all that. Uh, Brent Burns is going to be a factor against the Wild. He always is. Obviously, you traded him away. You want to hope that Charlie Coyle can do something, score some goals. It'd be nice to see Coyle have a multi-goal game. It really would. Is is it ever going to happen, though? (laughs) Is Charlie Coyle ever going to have multiple goals? I don't know. Uh, To me, this is a win, though. I I, I think St. Louis and San Jose should both be wins for the Wild. I mean, if if they're legit, if they're going to be playing up to this potential, if they're going to stay where they are right now, which is number three in the division, the Minnesota Wild are a division leader. But, of course, see... We're only eight points behind Winnipeg, but then you got teams like Dallas and St. Louis and, and even Colorado still very, very close by. So we can't get too cocky. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Minnesota 75 points in the season, six points behind the Jets part. I mean it's the national Predators, the wild are eight points behind. Only eight. I mean, I mean, it's not easy to catch up to eight points, but it's possible. Dallas is only one point behind the wild. St. Louis is now three points behind the wild. Remember when the Blues were winning the division? so things can happen. Uh, Colorado 69 points. They're six points behind the Wild, and the Blackhawks are 13 points behind, and riding in last place, they're now 500. That's got to be about all she wrote for the Blackhawks this season. And it's hard to believe they also have played the maximum amount of games in the division tied with St. Louis. Two clubs that were, well, St. Louis knocked the Wild out of the playoffs last year. Let's try not to think about that. And then, of course, the Blackhawks were the number one team in the NHL last year until Nashville said, get the hell out of our way. (laughs) Literally. And that's literally what Nashville did. And I don't know. I think Nashville's the favorite to win the Western Conference this year. So watch them lose in the first round. (laughs) That's the funny part. It might end up being that way. Nashville and Vegas. Watch those two teams lose in the first round. Just like Minnesota and Chicago last year. Minnesota was the number two seed in the Western Conference last year. I I still can't even get over that. And we couldn't even we couldn't even win two games in the playoffs, man. Not even two games, man. Ugh, sick, absolutely sickening. Let's move on. What the hell? Uh, the Wild need to beat the San Jose Sharks. I think the Minnesota Wild will beat the San Jose Sharks at NXL Energy Center. Minnesota's been playing very well against San Jose the past couple of years. Brent Burns will find a way to score his 11th goal this season. He will. Um, th- th- it's the next game for both teams, of course. This game is on Sunday, the 25th of February, tomorrow night. I believe the Minnesota Wild will win a final score of something like four to two. Devin Dubnik more than likely will be back in that. But then again, I wouldn't mind putting Alex Daylock in there. If if you're going to put Alex Daylock in there because, well, it's been a couple nights since the last game. (laughs) Why not? Put Alex Daylock in. I hope. Bruce Woodrow has Staylock in net, and the Wild win 4 2. I think Staylock will face a good number of shots. Brent Burns will score against the Wild. 100% chance. Okay, maybe not 100 but 65% chance Brent Burns will find his 11th goal of the season. Remember back in the season, he was struggling so mightily. He scored like his second and third goals of the year against the Wild. But Minnesota's still coming out on top, thank God. And if kind of a dangerous game back uh, a couple months ago. Minnesota will win the game, though, 4 to 2. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Let's just keep things going as they're going. Eric Stahl will score his 30th goal of the season. St. Louis Blues, there we go. NBC Sports, I love it. Tuesday night hockey, Minnesota hosting the St. Louis Blues. Mike, you will be making all those faces he makes on the sidelines when keeping that, trying to keep that stoic, statuesque look. But Minnesota's going to win the game. Lower scoring, I think, uh, St. Louis Blues. Still 10 games above 500 uh, despite struggling mightily of late. They're still very much in the mix, so I'm not writing them off. Uh, I loved what the Wild were able to do against Carter Hutton, who's one of the top goalies in the league this year. Uh, Jake Allen struggled off and on. We all know what Jake Allen did to the Wild in the playoffs last year. Carter Hutton, though, has been unbelievable. The best backup in the NHL, and he's kind of sort of... It's kind of become a platoon there. Carter Hutton's been in the net 27 games. 23 of them starts, as Jake Allen has had to... Uh, sit down. Of course, Carter Hutton's even had some sniggers where Jake Allen actually came in to replace him, but Hutton with three shutouts on the year. Save percentage still, almost 94%. Most recently, woo, the Blues are struggling hardcore, and it's typical. <laughs> it's typical in the Mike O years, but of course, the Minnesota Wild do this crap, no matter who's the coach. They've done it to Bruce Boudreaux as well, but luckily they've hung on, hung on and survived. <laughs> Five losses in a row for the uh, St. Louis Blues four to one loss to uh, to Pittsburgh. They're not scoring goals. The goaltending has been below average, and they're not scoring crap. Only one goal against Pittsburgh. They lose f- five four to three at Nashville. That's a pretty good game. It's too bad they weren't able to pull that one off. Two to one loss at Dallas. That's not the worst thing you ever saw. Three to two loss to the San Jose Sharks, and then getting dumped four to nothing at home against the Winnipeg Jets. Ouch! Uh, St. Louis Blues struggling hardcore. Braden Shen still leading the team in overall scoring. Vladimir Tarasenko, though, tied with him in goals. Braden Shen has been a nice piece, obviously, for the Blues this year. 24 goals for Tarasenko, 53 points overall. Jaden Schwartz, of course, does what he does. One of the more valuable guys. And again, Paul Stansny, again, good job staying healthy. He's got 40 points in all 62 games that uh, so far for this club. Carter Hutton and Jake Allen, <clears throat> I gotta think Carter Hutton's gonna be a net, right? But, I, I don't know. I mean, if the Blues hope to come out of this, they're gonna need Carter Hutton to continue what he's been doing. Jake Allen struggled hardcore. Save percentage, 90, 90%. That's not good enough. 2.75 goals against average. 19-8 and 8 on the season, whereas Carter Hutton is 15-6. and 6. They absolutely need Carter Hutton in that most of the games nowadays. And, it's unfortunate for Jake Allen, but we all know Jake Allen can play, but at the same time he's he's not an elite goalie. He's he's good and that's it. He just had an elite playoff series against the Wild conveniently, which yeah, that makes us feel sick and pissed off and frustrated. This is a win for Minnesota and but then again, is this a trap game? This is where you sit down and sit down and analyze a little bit is this a trap game? It easily could be. This could easily be one of those extremely frustrating, like 3-2, to 3-1 to one losses at home, where you're just like, what? What? Where the St. Louis Blues, maybe Carter Hutton stops 40 shots from the wild, or every time you attempt a pass, it gets blocked, and, and they force a turnover, and they're going down the other way, and boom, score. They only get 25 shots on goal, and they win the game, like 3-1 to one or something like that. I'm afraid of something. Along those lines happening, I like the way the Wild have played against St. Louis. Of late, though, I have to pick a win in the game, but I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be a tight battle. Minnesota will win the game 3-2. to I think the shots will be in the 30s for each club. Carter Hutton will be a net. Devin Dubnik will be a net for Minnesota. Um, Staylock. I, I think he's going to go against the Sharks. We'll see what happens. I think that would be a nice, good thing to do. Staylock is the kind of goalie you can put in there and not even wince. Don't even wince when, when Staloc's in that. It's not like, oh, great. Oh, hopefully we can get through this game. Oh, like when you put Darcy Kemper in there. <laughs> and other backup goalies in the past. But generally, the Wild have had good depth with the goalie position. Going all the way back to the beginning. Jamie McLennan, Manny Fernandez. Manny Fernandez, uh, Dwayne Rollison, Dwayne Rollinson, Manny Fernandez. Blah, 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 blah. You can do on forever. Manny Fernandez, Nicholas Backstrom. Nicholas Backstrom. Uh... uh Josh Harding, and you can go on and on and on forever. Um, God, I love Josh Harding. Oh, even though he had some stinky nights, oh, he had some unbelievable nights. Poor guy. would always have to play against Detroit on the road, face 40 shots, and then we'd lose one nothing or something stupid bullcrap. <laughs> uh, but Minnesota's going to win the game 3-2. to It's going to be a gutted out, close, hardcore Mike Yo type of game, I think. But I think the Wild will survive. The Wild will survive. The most likely guy to score in the game. We'll go with uh, Jason Zucker's 26th goal of the season for the Minnesota Wild. I think the Wild uh, survive St. Louis. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Parise also adds a goal in the game. Just my just my hunch, but Minnesota wins in a very very tight battle. Maybe St. Louis squeaks out a point uh, by getting into the extra period, but I will pick a win. <clears throat> Minnesota at Arizona. There's got to be a little teeny bit of revenge factor. Embarrassing loss for the Wild last month. <laughs> embarrassing at Arizona the wild will be playing the Arizona coyotes again soon you know I haven't been looking at the season series and I apologize for that I should go back a little bit here yep I should can uh right now we'll, we'll look at Arizona for the moment though since this is where we are season series of course it's been a frustrating one for the wild and the up oh, now it's now it's doing something else that's great Minnesota won a close one against San Jose back on the 10th of December. Haven't played since. Again, that was when Brent Burns had a couple of goals, four to three victory. Then again, the 25th on February, and we wrap up the season series on April the 7th with the Sharks. I always like to look at the season series and such. And I apologize, I'm kind of bouncing around here, moving quickly because it's a four four game week. Again, another busy week for the Wild. Four games review, four games preview. Overall, busy week. St. Louis Blues. Always a tough series, of course. And we can never forget that frustrating, uh, ag- agonizing playoff series where, against Jake Allen, Mike Yeo, and the St. Louis Blues last year. Oh, it's been an interesting history between these clubs. 6-3 uh, to three loss you know, on November the 25th. Minnesota now has a two-game win streak over the Blues. 2-1 to one victory on the 2nd of December. And uh the sixth of February, just earlier this month, six to two demolition in St Louis, which had Mike Yomi in the funny faces. hopefully the wild can wrap up the season series here on the twenty seventh and I do predict the wild will win the game three to two and win the season series over the St Louis blows. So now we try to move forward as we're gonna we're gonna move into March the month of March, the first, of course, against the hated. Dirty. No, not dirty. I'm just kidding. The Arizona Coyotes have struggled hardcore. They're worse than the league in goals for. Slightly slightly better in goals against this and that. Arizona recently making a trade, giving somebody an opportunity here. That guy is Darcy Kemper. He'll be backing up Anti Ranta and he might even get to uh, start. At times he has not been in that yet. Don't be surprised if Darcy Kemper's in net against the Minnesota Wild, though. Anti Ranta's been okay. Two point five, three goals against average, but Kemper, again in Los Angeles, has done very well heading to Arizona, just possibly might end up being the Sterling goalie. Arizona Coyotes have been playing extremely well. I can't believe I just said that. Yes, they have. They have won four of their last five. Six to 6-1 over the Chicago Blackhawks, 2-1 to one win over the San Jose Sharks, 5-2 win over Montreal, 1-0 over the struggling, sucky Edmonton Oilers, and getting de- demolished 5-2 to two by the Calgary Flames at home, Were the Arizona Coyotes. Again, a team with some, some young, skilled players. Of course, Clayton Keller, I love the guy Derek, uh, Derek Stephon, of course, from our New York Ranger, 38 points in the 60 games. But Keller, in his rookie season here, 17 points. Um, awesome. 17 goals, pardon me, 44 points overall. His first year where he's really breaking out there for the Arizona, drafted only two years ago in 2016 in the first round, early in the first round, seventh overall. An example of what you could get with a seventh pick. It doesn't always have to be Matt Dumba. A guy who could who could be good, could be inconsistent, could take a while to get where you want him to go, could end up being a legitimate, like, potential franchise player, and that's what Clayton Keller has been for the Arizona Coyotes. Other than that, though, you got a, a veteran who's still good, Alex Galagosi, former Gopher years ago in Dallas Star, 29 points on the season, 21 of them assists, 8 goals for Alex Galagoski, a kind of player the Wild wouldn't mind having on the roster, I'm sure, but we'll have to worry about that if that ever time has come. 4-3 loss against the Arizona Coyotes. Extremely frustrating on the 8th of February. We all remember that very well. The classic trap game. And of course March 1st. And we wrap up the season series on the 17th of March in Arizona. So let's uh, squeak out this series 2-1, to one, huh? I hope so. Uh, this is a type of game the Wild absolutely should win. Must absolutely should win. It's got trap game all over it. Don't be surprised if Darcy Kemper's a net. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. But regardless, I think Minnesota's going to win. I hope, I really hope so. If Darcy Kemper's in that, kick his ass. Please, please kick his ass. Most likely, you got to score in the game for Minnesota. Let's go with Mikhail Granlin getting his 18th goal of the season. Minnesota will win the game. Something along the likes of, it's like I keep thinking 4-3, to three, something like that. It's going to be kind of a weird, yucky game, but Minnesota will, will win this time, 4-3. to three. <sighs> The question is, who's going to be a net for these games? Alex Stalock, I think, will be a net, and I think that gives the Wild a chance. Maybe a four-to-two game. Stalock will keep things good, and then you have a back-to-back situation. Friday, the second of February, the Colorado Avalanche. Mac is back. Mac is back. Nathan McKinnon is back. He's healthy. He's ready to roll again. And good on him. He's had an unbelievable season. He missed a few games with a fairly serious injury. Sixty-five points in fifty-two games. It's remarkable that he was able to come back as quickly as he was. In fact, that's very commendable as far as I'm concerned. Um, impressive, actually. Nathan McKinnon coming back very quickly, only about three weeks when it could have been up to six. Sixty-five points down the year, twenty-five goals for Nathan McKinnon looking like that franchise player. And Miko Rantanen, who's and uh, pardon me, who's emerged so well this year, but is virtually invisible until this year, and he's been absolutely huge for the Colorado Avalanche, their future is fairly bright. McKinnon, obviously, a, the, the franchise player. Miko Radnan emerging. Tyson Berry has been a really wonderful addition as well through the draft. Defenseman who's really emerging. he missed a ton of time this season. 46 games, 36 points in those 46 games for the young up-and-coming Tyson Berry, who I think is going to be a star in this league. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, a guy who couldn't keep his head on straight for so long. He's got 20 goals on the season. He's the captain of this crazy team. I don't think the Wild win this game. Um, I don't think so. I think the winning streak will end. I think the Wild will carry a nice, solid, strong winning streak into Colorado. Maybe there'll be a flip. Maybe we lose to Arizona, beat Colorado. But regardless, I think the Minnesota Wild will not win this game, in my humble opinion. I don't think the Wild are going to have an undefeated week. I think that's a little crazy (laughs) to, to, to think that way. Minnesota is going to... Minnesota's not going to win the game. It's going to be like 3-2, to 4-2 to two type of game. Maybe empty netter at the end. 3-2 to two situation, but Colorado will win in regulation over the Minnesota Wild. You want to believe Nino Niederreiter will score against Colorado? He always does, so I'm going to pick it again. Nino Niederreiter will find a way to score against the Colorado Avalanche, but it will be a loss. Something along the likes of 4-2, to 4-3, to 5-3 to three type of game. Maybe 5-3. to three. Wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those higher scoring games. Uh, this matchup has been crazy. Over the years, many years, last year, you had an inexcusable loss along the way. Colorado was awful. Now they're kind of sort of back in contention. Uh, losing McKinnon for a couple of weeks did not help. Uh, this series has gone okay for the Wild this year. The Minnesota won in the shootout over Colorado way back on the uh, 24th of November and then got demolished 7-2 on to the, on the 6th of January. I think Colorado will take a 2 to 1 lead unfortunately in the series and I think the Wilds even it up on the 13th. As we host the Avalanche on the 13th of March, but I'm predicting a 4 to 2 empty net, 5 to 3 empty net type of situation. Colorado will win the game, though in regulation. Unfortunately, and they will gain a couple points in Minnesota to keep things even, to keep things even, and that's the way I stand on that. So, let's look at the prospects. A we jump in right here, right now, Iowa Wild, kind of a quiet week again. This schedule is just so sporadic. You never know what's going to happen half the time. Cal O'Reilly is pulled away. Kind of a lot of minor leaguers stepping up this week, the career minor leaguers. So, unfortunately, you don't get a whole lot of fun action from the prospects here. Uh, Samana's stuck at 41 points. Cal O'Reilly's taking the lead. He's pulling away, getting all those assists, 35 of them on the season, 44 points total for Cal O'Reilly. Justin Kloos at 37. He did add a goal this week. Good for him. Gotta like that. I do, again, continue firmly to say that Justin Kloos will be the fourth-line center for the Wild at some point along the way. Susie at 10 points on the season. Of course, Nick Steeler had emerged a little bit scored, uh, racking up the assists here and there, which was very exciting. Uh, Mario Lucia with a multi-goal game, unfortunately, for the, uh, <laughs> the Devils. I don't mean to be hating on him. It's just it's funny now he's getting a multi-goal game for New Jersey's affiliate and Burski with two goals and an assist as well. Burski, the sixth mm-hmm. round pick a few years back, doing the same thing. Lucia, a big, big butt kicking for that club just last night. So good for them. Good on them. All the respect going in their direction. Just unfortunate for Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, hey, change of scenery. It is what it is. What do you do? Um, Pavel Jenny over this week, adding a couple assists along the way. No goals for the ECHL, he's at 29 points down there for the uh, Rapid City Rush, or should I say over there in the West in that case. Pavel Jenny's a couple games in the AHL, but mostly it's been Chase Lang who's gotten a chance to stick around in the, a- in the AHL. 22 games, only two assists for Chase Lang at the AHL level. Whew. Man, late-round pick there hasn't done a whole lot. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, let's look at some of the others out there. Karstokolov continuing to dominate like he is. God, I love that guy. He's got a wonderful future. Nick Sweeney added a goal in a game when the Minnesota Duluth had eight, eight, uh, scored eight goals last night. Only one of them went to Nick Sweeney and no assists. But hey, at least Nick Sweeney factored. He's still at 20, or yeah, he's at 20 points now. He's keeping about four uh, four less points than games played. That's not bad. <laughs> Almost a point a game for Nick Sweeney. 15 of them assists. He's been downright awesome. Uh, Brandon Duham does not play until tonight, so unfortunately his numbers don't change. Um... Dmitry Sokolov again. Barry Colts. He has just been absolutely sick with the Barry Colts. 36 points in 19 games for the Barry Colts. Seems like yesterday he was traded there. He's almost doubled his points since he left the uh, Sudbury Wolves. That's insane. What an awesome season for... (laughs) What an awesome overall season, though, for the young uh, Dmitry Sokolov. 74 points along the way. 40 of them are goals. He is... Really, really stepped up for the Barry Colts again. Just put him in the right place, and he's gonna explode. I can't wait to see him in the AHL. Get him to get him to Iowa. Oh, I'm just glad he's in the in the North, in North America. Ivan Lodny has gotten extremely quiet. He finally added an assist. He has like been invisible for the uh, the Erie Otters of late. He was well above uh, a point a game. Now he's less than a point a game. 55, uh, 55 points in 58 games. Added his 35th assist last night. He's been at 20 goals forever. Has been. Uh, Ivan Lodnia, he's really quieted down, and that's, that's unfortunate, because he was playing so well. So, unfortunately, a nice Olympics for Kirill Koprizov again, the hat trick, and such. Jordan Greenway looks strong. A lot of people very excited about him coming in. He added an assist last night, as he's back with Boston University already. That didn't take too long, right? With all things went for the United States and the Olympics. Not the best run for them, unfortunately. Certainly not Greenway's fault. Um, Again, they talk about he's the first African American to be on the U.S. Olympic team, and good for him is uh, Jordan Greenway, the monster, the beast. Nine goals, 17 assists on the season, 26 points. Having a very strong season for Boston University. Statistically, overall, his best season there, and he will hopefully be with Minnesota near the end of the season. The possibility does exist that Jordan Greenway will skate with Minnesota or at very bare minimum Iowa. Uh, Luis Belpedio was also able to add a point last night in a 4-2 victory. His ninth goal of the season 27 points for Luis Belpedio in 31 games. So good for him. After a quiet stretch there, his team had been playing terrible. They'd been getting shut out and such in like one goal games and he wasn't factoring in that this and that. But uh, getting factoring in the offense, and again, playing strong, solid defense as well. More of an offensive player than a defensive player. That's a given. But still, obviously, Luis Valpedio playing, playing strong, strong defense and being a good leader for Miami University. Too bad they probably won't make the NCAA tournament. The Gophers are right on the border there, but I, I think there's a good chance Minnesota Gophers will make it. Don't get swept by Penn State this weekend, though. That's all I ask because that's going to really hurt their chances of making it. We might end up being a fringe team, the Gophers and such. Um, Duluth Bulldogs, not so good of a season either, but next away a huge positive for them during the course of the season. Gotta love Nick Sweeney. I'm so happy he's here. Uh, Jack Sadick added a goal last night. He was the only guy to score for the Gophers in the 5-1 loss, so good for him. Jack Stadek, Lakeville native, second goal of the season, nine points overall in the 35 games for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So a little bit behind statistically this year, but you're seeing strong, solid defense from Jack Sadick for the Gophers, and that's what I like to see. Nick Boca, an extremely rare goal in a very good game for Michigan last night or actually it was an assist, his fifth assist, so he's ahead of last year by one assist. He scored two goals and two assists last season, five assists on the year for Nick part pardon me, and a pretty good game for Michigan, five-goal game for them. Other than that, really, again, obviously have liked what we've seen from Kapokokanen. Again, hope to see him in camp one of these days, maybe at the AHL level at some point, one of these days. I think he's going to have a nice career. I absolutely see Kokinen as a goalie for the Minnesota Wild at some point, not too far down the road. Uh, Pavel Janiš has played well at the ECHL level, and even was okay at the AHL level this season. I've liked what he's done during the course of the season compared to previous years. Chase Lang, again, like I've talked about, has struggled hardcore, along with Dylan Labe, another one of those uh, defensemen that probably has almost no chance of making it. He's a left-shot defenseman who doesn't show a whole lot at either level, ECHL or AHL so far during the course of the season. He was a fourth-round pick back in 2013. So at age 23, still, eh, there's a chance, but not a whole lot to get excited about with Dylan Lave so far during the course of his first few seasons. Again, Avery Peterson had two goals last night for the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. He's at 10 points in the season, his, his fourth and fifth goal. He's struggled, but good to see a multi-goal night for him. He really needed that. He's in his senior year, so you might see him at the AHL level. You might see him at the ECHL level. Right now, I don't know. I might be talking ECHL at this point. Maybe start him out of the AHL, see if he can swim. If he sinks, ECHL and go from there, I guess. Avery Peterson. He was a draft pick in 2013, sixth rounder for Minnesota. So obviously he's had some tough times in his life so far. Unfortunately, Carson Sousa, obviously (laughs) a stud down there at the the AHL level, one of the top guys in the plus minus and all that. He is a plus 13. In fact, he is the top guy on the roster. He's been awesome. Defense has been spectacular for a guy. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got 10 points on the season. <laughs> One goal so far, his first goal at the professional level. But a plus 13, loved what Carson Seuss's future is for the Minnesota Wild. Of course, the whole left shot defense situation. It's going to be interesting for a while. Do the Wild trade away Jonas Brodine? I I don't know. Probably not, but... That possibility's always been out there. So somebody's going to get traded at some point to free up space for some of these other prospects if indeed they deserve that spot. If they indeed deserve that spot, somebody's going to get traded or they'll get traded, possibly. Because you don't want them stuck at the AHL level forever. One way or another, they should be in the NHL at some point, like Nick Seeler is today. And I'm so happy for Nick Seeler. I, I am so happy. It took forever, but oh, he, he looked so good out there. Fifth pick in 2011. Couldn't be happier for that guy. He deserves it. He really does. Um, Eden Prairie native, big, strong, son of a gun is Nick Steeler, and he plays a really strong, solid brand of hockey. So with that, we're gonna we're gonna head to the contact details here and wrap up the show. Almost an hour. Wow, that's a good one. I've enjoyed doing the show today. I hope you've liked it. Please do tell your friends about the show. It would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Those of you that retweet or share the show on Facebook, retweeted, you know, on Twitter, this and that. Really, thank you so very much. And we'll get back to that in a second. At brave the wild, at brave the wild is how we get there. Want to thank hockey podcast and Vince Germano. A uh, hockey podcast basically tweets the show out. It's really cool what they do. I appreciate it, and you can see other hockey podcasts emerge on there. They they are just they're they're just helpful. They keep they put hockey podcasts out there for others to see, um, and then of course Vince Germano, out of Australia, great friend of mine, retweets the show every week. Just thank you very much. Big shout out to uh, Benny or Daniel Allen, we'll call him out there. (laughs) Also from Australia. A legitimate Australian hockey fan. Again, love what he brings. Pavel Bunyad, Marek Skaiba in the Czech Republic. They also host uh, MNW players, MNW players. Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Do join that page and, and check out the website as well. MNWplayers.com for Facebook for, the minis- uh, for this show anyway. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do join that. Give it a like and join it. Conversate. Talk about stuff that gets uh, certain news releases that I post and this and that. Just conversation. General hockey conversation. Prospects. uh, Obviously, Eric (laughs) Stoll, Jason Zucker, everybody, guys like that. Talk about anything Minnesota Wild, always very, very welcome on this show. And again, always like to keep up with the prospects as well because maybe someday one of them will be that hero that leads this team to the Stanley Cup. You just never know. And that's the hope. That's why I'm so intrigued by the prospects. It's more interesting in hockey than any other sport for some reason for me. You just want to believe that. Some of these guys are going to really emerge and be something special one day, and that's the hope. Uh, Maybe Nick Steeler will be, and I think he's heading in a very positive direction. A star? Maybe not, but he could be that anchor, Richard Matvichuk, Darian Hatcher type, which would be really, really nice for Minnesota. Carson Susi, I could see, as a Darian Hatcher type. Huge guy, uh, but obviously Steeler's huge too, so very, very welcome on board this club long term. Again, please do give this uh, podcast a positive rating on iTunes if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. I'll mention you on the air and give you a huge thank you. Final thing, the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Brave the Wild podcast. Do your statement shout-out, comment question, and opine. It's a three-minute limit because it is is an actual voicemail. And then there's the... uh, call now button on the Facebook page, do click on that, and that will take you directly to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, so as long as you're connected to the internet, somehow, some way, it'll get through without any charge, you don't have to worry about any of that type of stuff, and the final route is audio submission, audio submission, there are free voice recording apps on every single smart device on the planet, use that, save it, and email it to live at yahoo.com, live at yahoo.com. There's no limit to that one. I do prefer you keep it to about five or so, five minutes or so, but we'll see what happens. Um, All the information that I've mentioned will be in the show description for copy and paste purposes or just whatever it is. Click on the link and all that, and you're to the website or to (laughs) to whatever it is that you're looking for, Facebook and such. So thanks again for joining this show today. Thanks for listening. Thank you also. For telling your friends about the show, because I know uh, some of you have. Thank you again, and God bless Neil Nate Dog Thiesing and the Thiesing family. God bless Neil Nate Dog Thiesing forever and ever. God bless. We'll be back next week after hopefully a very positive week for your Minnesota Wild.